Hello, John. Hello, Brandon. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, buddy. <laughs> are, are we getting ready for a date or something? <laughs> something. I don't know. You want to go on a date? Yeah, I'll go on a date with you, buddy. Okay, let's do it. Well, a good time. Sounds like, yeah, hey, well, with that. remember we went to the German restaurant and she asked if we we're together and I'm like, well, we're together, but not together. And she's like, how would I know? Stomped off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was interesting. She yeah. was like the, you know, angry old grandmother, but she ended up being pretty nice at the end. You just yeah. had to break through her uh, five layers of angry shell. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, so a few things before we get started. And just so everybody knows, today it is just John and I, because we have a lot of things we want to cover that will eat up a yeah. lot of the time. So it's just going to be me and you today. Uh, but a few things. Number one on my list is... For the people that left a review for the Concrete Podcast, we said we'll send you a Concrete Gangster sticker. Do me a favor, send us an email through the KodiakPro.com website. Just go to contact, send me an email with your mailing address, and I'll get that in the mail to you. Um, so number one, and thank you for the reviews. They they do help. Yeah, some really uh, nice, yeah, nice reviews, by yeah, the way. Yeah, a lot you of know, really cool reviews, yeah. Rankings, uh, nobody really searches based on ranking, but the thing that it does is when somebody puts in concrete or something, because we have a lot of reviews, positive reviews, it helps us pull up in the search results ahead of everybody else. So that's why it's good to have reviews. And anybody listening to this, if you want to help us out, do go to the Apple podcast uh, page. It's on your phone if you have an Apple or a computer, but if you just go to Apple Podcasts, I think you can do it. And you can leave a review. And that does help us with search ranking if somebody's just searching for concrete when they're looking for podcast. Uh, so that's number one. Number two on my list is the Kodiak Pro Open Studio. Just to remind everybody, it's Monday, February 28th. It's going to be right after the class. And that's going to be here in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And what we're doing essentially is just doing a hands-on demonstration where you can get your hands in the mix. You can mix right. Make your mix, you can pour it. We'll show you the right way to cast it. We'll show you the right way to cure it. We'll show you the right way to process it. And we'll show you the right way to seal it using ICT. So that's what the open house is, open studio. So it's $100. Again, go to KodiakPro.com, go to shop, and it is on the shop page. So that's the second thing on my list. Third thing on my list, concrete gangster t-shirts. We got those in yesterday. They look awesome. They're printed they on, awesome. yeah. oh my God, they're so good. You know, I hate it when people get t-shirts printed on like Hanes beefy tees and they're like super thick and huge on you. They're like a big square and you don't wear them. You know, you get these shirts and you don't wear them. These are on Bella Canvas, which is a really great fitted brand. We did a weathered black, so it's a nice thin, it's not like a super thick t-shirt. You can go to, again, KodiakPro.com, click on shop and it's going to be there. You can buy t-shirts and we'll ship those to uh, United States, Canada, Australia. Those are three countries. UK, it's a little weird. You have to have a, a VAT number, and I don't feel like dicking with that. So sorry, UK. You might be able to get them from uh, our buddy, Martin. We might send some over to, for him to sell. What else is on my list here? Really? Just sending T-shirts? They, they hit you on all that? I yeah, didn't know that. You know, I sent... Well, crazy. Dude, I sent Martin a little Christmas gift in the mail, and, and I marked it as gift, and they still required a VAT number. To send a gift. I'm like, the value is zero. It's a gift. And it's like, oh, but yeah, it's, it's you a still, gift. You still have to go and register for an idea with her Royal Majesty's tax service. I'm like, yeah, no. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, wow. right. So anyways, so that was number three. Number four is on my list, the Spring 22 Pinnacle Concrete Camp. 
is coming up February 21st or 26th. Uh, that's going to be the six-day kind of our premier training class. It's going to be with me, John Schuler, and Dusty Baker. I'm going to be teaching. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be teaching fabric forming, concrete sinks, which people have been requesting. So that's going to be the class I'm teaching when we cover fabric forming, GFRC, casting, curing, sealing. And a lot of my class is focused on design, design principles, and the business of being a concrete business. So that's what I focus on. Then Dusty Baker takes over. He does Dusty Crete, which is the very rustic, modern aesthetic that Dusty has perfected. And he teaches you how to cast a sink, a countertop, and that's really all in the technique. So Dusty really goes into that for two days and he discusses business as well and marketing. And then John takes over for the last two days and that's an upright casting class. I might get John to throw a sink in this one, do an upright cast sink. Yeah, it's been, that's what I was just thinking, right? If yeah. we're going to focus on sinks, maybe we'll focus on sinks for the week. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. Because yeah, it's it been be like three or four years. The very first class we did here at the studio, I think it was four years ago. And that right. was the last time you did an yeah, yeah. upright cast sink. So maybe we'll get you to do that. But that's two days with John. And, and so you'll be doing upright casting, which is all about mixed design and then choosing the correct tools and the technique and when you get on it and what you get on it with and all that kind of stuff. So that's a lot of fun. And then John really goes into the chemistry of concrete, the chemistry of sealer. And so that's really where you can geek out and get all the minutia of what's going on with the concrete, with the curing, with all that kind of good stuff. So it's a yeah. phenomenal class, six days. You're getting hundreds of thousands of hours of knowledge and failure and success and everything wrapped up in a neat little package. And you get that in six days. So if you want to sign up for that, go to ConcreteDesignSchool.com and click on the Pinnacle Concrete Camp and you can register for that. We've had a total of seven registrations. We had five a week ago, but before that we had two. So we're up to seven. We cap it at 20. So we're about a third full right now. I think that is everything on my list. So what do you have, John? Well, I was going to add to that the last couple of days with me, which, you know, I go out there early. Anybody who doesn't listen, I try to get out there early. I held Brandon out during his period of time and vice versa on my period of time. But the chemistry, you know, since we've released Kodiak Pro in an entirely new mixed design compared to anything else on the market, chemistry has been like a number one question. I get messages, emails, texts. I get stuff from all over the place, you know, asking me, chemistry related questions. So, which personally I geek out on, but uh, I'm finding that kind of fun again. It seems like so much of that got pushed to the side while I was at uh, Buddy Rhodes Products for a while. So it's kind of fun to be engaged with all that again. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you something. Last week on the podcast, I told you about that black table or the plastic uh, piece fell out, of the, fell out of the backer mold and ended up on the surface and I had to recast that table. So I, re yeah. I recast that table and I posted if you're on our Kodiak Pro discuss discussion page on Facebook, which, oh, that's our thing. If you want to get a concrete gangster sticker, the way you do that is you like the Kodiak Pro page on Facebook and then you join the Kodiak Pro discussion group and do those two things and send me a message with your address and I'll get a concrete gangster sticker in the mail to you. But if you go to our Kodiak Pro discussion page, I posted a little video that I posted on TikTok of the casting of that concrete table. So you can see the black maker mix using 2% loading, which I got a few comments of people like, oh my God, that's 2%. Yeah, that's 2%. It's insane how dark it is. But, uh, and you can see the, the mold and all that kind of good stuff, which is really cool. I didn't used to show that stuff. I used to keep that pretty close to the vest, but I'm, I'm opening up a little bit more on those kind of things. But I demolded that today, that, that second casting. Dude. 
It is so good, the concrete. It is insane. It is, I keep saying insane. I listen back to the podcast. I'm like, dude, I say insane way too many times, but it's really the only word that even describes what's going on. It is the cleanest concrete I have ever seen in my life. No matter how it's cast, the mold, the release, whatever it is, this concrete is just amazing how dense it is, how clean it is. Like I said, the, the color density of a 2% loading looks like a 10% loading of our traditional mix. You know, my guy, Aiden, he's, he's really new to concrete. Really, really nice guy. He's the one him. in the video. Exactly. I don't want to tell people, I right. want people to think that's me because he's such a good looking guy. You know, I posted that video on TikTok and I got like 2000 views in a day. My, my videos normally get like 47 views. Well, you need to put him in like a, a tank top and some shorty shorts then. I know. Something like, you know, like an outfit of some sort. I think the ladies are really responding to Aiden. I know my daughters have a crush there on him. There you go. Yeah. Really? So I, yeah, don't, right don't, don't tell anybody that's not me. Let everybody think that's me. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I got like 2000 views in a day, which is incredible. But anyways, so Aiden, really good guy, but he was asking me because we demolded it and he was like, oh my God, this looks so good. I'm like, yeah, man. I was like, you know, let me show you. And I, I brought him in my meeting room and I have some pieces we cast with Buddy Rhodes Products Mix, which for a long time, in that period of time, that was the best mix available back then, yeah. right? And that's why I used it. And so back then that was the best, but I showed him pieces cast with that. And I said, look at this, cast exactly the same mix design in the sense of it's an SCC GFRC mix poured the same way into a closed mold like this and look at all the air pockets and look all the running of color where it kind of streaks down the form. And now let's go back out there and look at it again. He's like, oh my God, oh my God. He's like, what's the difference? I said, the mix is the difference. The mix, particle packing. I, I asked him, have you listened to the podcast? No, I haven't. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, it's an hour drive each way for you to get out here every, every time, you know, like, why are you not listening to the podcast? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I explained to him particle packing. So and what I'm just going to blame it on magic. Well, it's just magic. It is magic. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, magic. it is magic. Yeah. You know, particle packing. So I explained to him the whole principles of particle compaction and what's going on and how everything's mathematically graded for maximum density. It's not just, hey, let me put in mm. nine different size particles and, and do them in equal quantities. I said, no, that's not the way it works. Yeah. So I explained to him that whole thing. It is incredible. And so he's, he, you know, he's 20 years old and he's just like, yeah, it, it's it's night and day difference. I'm like, yeah, it really is night and day difference. So anyways, I'm super psyched on Maker Mix, obviously. But, you know, it, even if I wasn't selling Maker Mix, I would still be singing the gospel from the rooftops to everybody that would listen that, look at this mix. It is incredible. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there's no question. It's, it's so easy. And I know we say this a lot in the podcast, but anybody listening or not listening, maybe they're not listening because it's you and me, right? Is the idea is that, these guys are standing on their soapbox talking about this material. So, you know, why else would they be honest or frank about it? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell anybody listening, then you've never listened. To, you've never talked to me. I'll tell you every pro and con about everything along the lines. And, you know, why, why there's this continue strive to make things better, at least with anything I touch. So that's just exciting to me. But that being said, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> that's I'm using it in my shop, not just because I'm, you know, biting the onion going, oh, my God, I made this. So I have to use it. Man, screw that. I use it because it's freaking badass. That's that's the reality of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I want to put that on the table. It is badass. It's absolutely the most badass mix ever in the history of mankind ever. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. even aliens. I don't think aliens have anything that, that competes with this mix. So yeah. the universe, let's just go ahead. Instead of saying Earth, planet Earth, the world, let's say yeah. it's the best mix in the universe. Well, I'll take it a step further. It'll continue to be the best mix because as, as long as we own it, it'll continue to get better depending on anything that gets developed between now and whenever you and I decide to hang up our aprons. So it is is what it is. Hopefully a long time away. Hopefully. Yeah. A couple months anyway. Barring any catastrophe. Yeah. I had a physical on Monday. Turns out everything's good. We're good. You know, my knee, they said, uh, they x-rayed it. They said, it's not broken. I just bruised the bone, so it's going to take like a month to, to heal up. They said my cholesterol was 160, which is kind of bad. I don't know what that means. What does that mean, John? What's it supposed to be? LDL, 160. I think down in like 80s to 120s. You know, again, it, it, it just says that you need to clean up your diet a little bit. That's all. Yeah. I mean, you're not over the top by any stretch of means, but, you know, time to clean up. I don't know if you guys are eating, you know, processed foods. Or, tons, tons, which I hate, yeah, you know, before. Well, there you go. Yeah. For years, I... Uh, I pretty much lived off green smoothies and bean and cheese burritos. Like that's what I lived off of Mm -hmm. in Phoenix and my cholesterol, everything was perfect. Like when I get blood work, they're like, Oh dude, you're perfect. And since we've been living here and my wife's pregnant, it's like, Hey, I'm gonna stop at McDonald's. Hey, I'm gonna stop at Chick-fil-A. Hey, I'm gonna order a pizza because she's pregnant. I get it. Like whatever, but diet's gone to hell. Well, for me, it was COVID. I mean, well, COVID and remodel. I mean, I had a, I have for anybody listening, I have all my own equipment in the garage, uh, work out pretty much every day, enjoy it. That's the way I get to get my stress relief and let's say my own personal private time to focus on something else. And I don't know, for the last year and a half, or a little bit longer, we cleaned all that out. And, you know, I decided cookies, those are good. <laughs> you know, mochas, hey man, those are pretty good. And right now I'm feeling a bit Pillsbury Doughboyish. So same. I get it. Yeah. My, my, yeah. uh, the notch in my belt, you know, that I, that I use is starting to get elongated and, uh, harder and harder <laughs> to get it to latch, you know, you gotta like, <clears throat> really, yeah, crazy, but right? I don't want, I don't want to go yeah. backwards. So I, you know, I'm going to stick with it yeah. no matter what I'm probably going to, you know, like, uh, those ancient societies used to like bound their heads and grow their skulls along that whole thing. That's what I'm kind of doing to my abdomen right now. I feel like, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's Just uh, keep sucking it in something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be like permanently shaped like an hourglass, I think. Oh, that's fine. No, I just started back up. I think I'm, right? I mean, nothing horrendous. I think I'm at two weeks, about two weeks. Started back working out. I got to do it super slow because my shoulders are completely trashed. It's nice again, man. It's, it's you know, whatever, 30 minutes to an hour. It's the time to go focus on something besides business and finances and concrete and the next project. And did I get the deposit check? And, you know, it's just a nice to focus on something that's just you. Cool. So what do you want to talk about? I think, you know, you posted a thing on Facebook that Martin Haddock is getting a lot of questions about maker mix and how, is it GFRC? Is it ECC? Is it UHPC? And, you know, we're going to direct people to this podcast or Martin's going to direct people to this podcast that keep asking these questions. But do we want to talk about, I mean, really those acronyms that we're using are workability acronyms. Well, anymore for us. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, but that being said, I mean, there are, whether you're new or old to this little niche industry, there is so much information out there, good, bad, and otherwise, that I personally believe 
too many people get caught up in whatever legacy information is out there. Uh, in the last podcast, you and I had the conversation about liquid polymers. Well, come on, man. I, I bet there's still a lot of people out there, even if they're not listening to the podcast, well, they're still using liquid polymers because it's a legacy kind of thing and they don't know how to break out of it. I, I think that's how it goes with a lot of the acronyms, GFRC, ECC, FPC, whatever. Uh, you know, guys, throw them out the window. It's this, I mean, at least if you're coming this direction, any of those fibers, look, this is a fiber reinforced concrete, plain and simple. Workability, that's all it is. GFRC, ECC, you know, UHPC is what we're doing. So it's the strength of the concrete, but your fiber and your, your plasticizer loading, that's the only thing that changes. And it's only for what are you trying to do? You're trying to, you're trying to do an as cast modern look like I do. Well, that's going to be an SCC GFRC. You're trying to do dusty Crete. Well, that's going to be a quote unquote ECC, which is just a PVA or what we're calling a, an upright cast mix. Um, you want to spray it? Oh, okay. Easy enough. Let's tell you how to do that. But that's all you're just adjusting plasticizer and fiber type and fiber loading. That's it. The mix stays the same. The water stays the same. Everything stays the same. Right. Yeah. So workability. Plain and simple. At least now that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Does that sound better? Nobody knows this, but Brandon just hit me that I think my microphone wasn't working properly. Yeah. It sounded so like you're... You yeah, sounded better? Yeah, it sounds better now. That's what we got. I got Martin. Since we announced him last week, he has been at least according to him, inundated with questions. Questions which, by the way, anybody coming in late to the podcast, go back to a lot of the early podcasts. We certainly cover a lot of this kind of information, and now we're going to try to cover it in two places, in the podcast, but also I'm going to encourage anybody, go to the Kodiak Pro products page, the discussion group. Post your questions there. You know, we will continue to answer them both in podcasts and on the group discussion page. Anything else? I mean, it's a pretty short podcast, only 24 minutes so far. So what else you got? Is that it? Oh, no, I'm going to go through them. Oh. No, let's, oh. let's ask a question and you and me answer the question. All right. Well, That's ask, what I'm thinking. Ask a question then. Okay. So here's one that Martin said he's been asked several times. Compared to GFRC, where... It's hand-packed and sprayed in layers to obtain its flexural strength and density. How does Maker Mix obtain its flexural strengths if it's just poured into the mold? The hell? Ugh. Yeah, right? So, okay. th this, so this goes back to yeah. some really bad uh, training information from some certain companies. They're telling people, oh, no, you got to layer it and take a... Uh, right. a roller and brought and roll it in this direction and roll it in that direction. You're going to orient the fibers. No, you're not. That's no. not the way it works. Mm -mm. If you pour an SEC into the form, it's going to be just as strong as, and probably even stronger because you don't have any chance of stronger. delamination between layers versus let me do it in layers and roll it in different directions. That's just the stupidest thing in the world. And that was perpetuated and really just kind of came to came out uh, into the world from some training from people that had never done this before. But, and then just, just like you said, it actually uh, self-consolidating. So, well, let me back up. Okay. My, like for me, you know how I get it. Number one, my, my question would be like, uh, no, you can still spray and layer and hand pack maker mix if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But if the question is being asked from the direction of a sprayed, hand packed, layered versus a self-consolidating, well, actually you're self-consolidating is going to be 
anywhere between 20 to as much as 50% higher flexural strength because it compacts better on its own Mm -hmm. compared to the layering effect that happens doing it the other way. Make two samples. Do one where you spray it and then hand pack layer after layer after layer and roll it in different directions and do all that stuff. And then pour an SEC using TBP and per our directions and then let them cure and then cut it with a wet saw and look at it and see which one yeah. is denser. The, the SEC is going to be dead solid, zero air. The one that's Correct. layered, that thicker mix is going to have air all throughout it. And you're, you're essentially making different layers that can shear from each other. If they go too long, depending on your shop conditions and the mix, and is the mix starting to go off and you're trying to pack it in there and all this kind of stuff, they may not bond well together. I mean, anybody that's done a lot of hand-packed GFRC pieces has had, have had pieces come apart where the face coat stayed stuck or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's, again, really bad misinformation from some uh, a certain training organization that kind of perpetuated that myth. But it is totally a myth, believe me, that uh, is not the way to do it, so... Unless you like pain. Well, there's if that you, part. If you yeah, like this, pain, I mean, this, John, if you like pain, <laughs> yeah. if you like pain, no, no, I, <laughs> then no. do it that way. You know, get a ball gag, put a zippered mask on, you know. Too get, many steps, too many problems. Get one of those whips yeah, where I, you can whip yourself in the back the whole time while you're doing it. Right. That's the yeah. only way you should do that method. Otherwise, don't do while it. You're, while you're screaming, GFRC, yeah. crack. Yeah. GFRC, crack. Yeah. Um, so to add to that, just this simple question from my point of view has so many multifaceted answers that, for instance, it starts out by saying, you know, compared to GFRC, and I realize it's just an, a- an acronym. Again, I, I think the legacy information out there is somehow GFRC is this entirely, you know, on its own island, separate way of doing anything when it just has to do that, the fact that you're using a glass fiber. So Maker's Mix compared to GFRC, well, Maker's Mix can be GFRC if you're using G, a glass glass fiber. fiber. Yeah. 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 GFRC is not an island boy. Right. right. It's all part of it. We're all on the same continent here. GFRC, ECC, UHBC, we all live together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, to me, it's just this one simple question, the way, at least the way it's coming across to me, just shows how much misunderstanding compared to misinformation there is out there without even us touching on what makes Maker Mix in of itself different from anything else that's being offered out there. Yeah. You know, so we haven't even talked about mix yet. We're just focusing on casting technique and fibers. Let's just make it simple. If you use glass fiber with Maker Mix, then you just made GFRC. GFRC. There There you you go. go. Glass fiber reinforced concrete. Bada bing, bada boom. You made GFRC. Yeah, easy enough. Now, if you want to use PVA fiber, then you can have, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, ECC or upright cast or clay mix or whatever you want to call it but you just change the fiber. Right. So it's no longer no, that's all mess, yeah. GFRC because it's not glass fiber. Now you're using PVA. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, acronyms for us for workability. They used to be separate products only because the company selling them thought they would make more money by selling them as separate products. They thought, let us separate these things into this bag and that bag and that bag. And really they're all pretty much the same mix, but let's tell people they're different. Because if we tell different. people they're the same, then... People aren't going to buy as much. Well, it doesn't make any sense. People still have to do work. It doesn't matter. 
I think it was a really bad marketing decision from, from some certain companies, but whatever, it's neither here nor there. The problem was it made people think they're totally different mixes when in reality, it's not. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, so I'm going to ask it again. Compared to GFRC, where, where GFRC is hand-packed or sprayed layers to obtain its flexural strength, how does Maker Mix get its flexural strength if you're just pouring it in? So number one, as we said, you're already, you can do a GFRC with Maker Mix, hence the G you're using glass fiber. Two, self-consolidating is what they're really asking versus, and you can certainly use Maker Mix. In fact, you go to the website, kodiakpro.com, look at the Maker Mix page, you know, download the instruction sheet, and there is a spray formula there if you decide you want to spray it. Compared to flexural strengths, a self-consolidating mix will outperform from a strength point of view because of the higher density will outperform the layered effect all day long. And the idea that you're orienting fibers with the roller is just craziness. You're not changing direction of the fibers. <laughs> you're just putting grooves yeah. in the top surface in a certain yeah. direction, which doesn't do anything. The fibers aren't shifting in direction. You're not like making... No, they don't shift. Yeah. yeah. You're not making <laughs> some crazy laminated product. Now, the only way yeah. you could get a benefit from layering would be if you layered scrim, but that's the way scrim yeah. works is yeah. layer. So you'd put a little bit of SEC, a layer of scrim, a little bit of SEC, a layer of scrim, a little bit of SEC, a layer of scrim, and you just keep doing that. And that would be a true composite type of material um, with the layered scrim and still the glass fibers in there. I still have the, the chopped strand glass fiber, air glass. But you could do that if you wanted to. And I've done that for really thin tile. I've made tiles that are two foot by four foot. So eight square feet, which I think in millimeters is like a million millimeters. I don't know. But it's like two foot by four foot, quarter inch thick, super thin. I layered three pieces of scrim in that. And those tiles were, I mean, I wouldn't say they're bomber, but they're way stronger than a stone tile the same size or a ceramic tile the same size. They were incredibly strong and they really only needed to be strong enough to get from my studio to the job site and be set in the thin set because once it's set, then all the, all the forces are transferred through to the floor and they were great. The client was super happy with them, but yeah, so they were three layers of scrim in those. I mean, you can make a composite by putting down some mix layers. I mean, you can put as many layers of scrim as you would like to, and then create a effectively a scrim reinforced composite material. Yeah, I mean, it's still glass it's, fiber, so yeah. it's still GFRC, but right. you're just, that is really, the, my whole point with that, that whole side discussion is that's the really the only way to get a true oriented glass fiber. Right. Because no, if it's chopped true. strand yeah. in a mix, rolling it's not going to change the direction of the fiber. No. You're just. It's just helping pack it. Exactly. Pack it. Yeah, you're, but you're not. You're adding you're not, some pressure. You're not orienting them this way and the next layer orienting them that way. And that was kind of the myth perpetuated oh. by this company is like, oh, this is how you get a really strong mix. No, it's not dummy no, that's not how it works yeah. you know when i was when i was i don't know four years old i thought i could hook a fishing line to my belt from uh, on a fishing pole and i could start to reel it up and i could fly that way when i was four it made <laughs> sense you know? up. Yeah, yeah 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 it made total up. sense i tried it didn't work so well right it's kind of the same logic with let me pour in mix and take a roller and roll it this way then pour in some more and roll it that way and i'm going to orient in the fiber orient the fiber same idea yeah way to get yourself a good wedgie yeah exactly that's about it. All right. So there's that one. Uh, so, uh, get me with a number two. How does ICT prime and protect work with makers mix? I think the question is, uh, what does reactive mean? So my, this technology 
is based on mineral reactions, plain and simple. So comparatively speaking, without going into a whole lot of chemistry related to film formations, you know, and 2K products, meaning, you know, you're mixing a part one and a part two, ICT is based on its ability to chemically react with the concrete where the sealer is component A and the catalyst, meaning the concrete, is component B. You know, 1A, 1, 2, however you want to look at it. So Maker Mix has been designed to optimize mineral reactions. It's got aluminates, it's got iron, um, it's got trace, lots of trace minerals in there that feeds the prime. Prime sets the foundation to for the sealer to react. Hence, you get a, you know, like I said, a part one, part two reaction. That's kind of the simplest way I could think of to explain it. I think that's a good explanation. Concrete's a catalyst. And that's why you right. can't contaminate your sealer. If, you, if you're if you wiping the surface, you can't squeeze the used sealer back into it because it's catalyzed and you're just no. going to ruin your sealer. So yeah. Yeah, it's chemically reacting with the concrete. ICT, and we, we should uh, point this out because some people, we said this before and they, they kind of took it the wrong way. Maker Mix is optimized for ICT, meaning that John mm-hmm. has made, since he's come on with Kodiak Pro, he's made some adjustments to Maker Mix to make it react better with ICT, but any concrete works with ICT. So you don't, you don't have to use Maker Mix to use ICT. Maybe you have just some super basic, you know, gravel, sand, cement mix that you love. You can still seal it with ICT. It's still going to work. It's just that Maker Mix has been optimized from a mix itself for those reactions to really kick into high gear very, very early on and have a very strong early reaction with the sealer. Right. And increases total enhancement, et cetera, et cetera. So maker mixes, once I came on board, we kind of, I don't know how to, you know, let's, you know, tore it down a little bit and then built it back up with the idea that both ICT and maker mix can optimize each other. It's it's a very nice combination. Yeah, and it works great. It really does. Okay, question so number three. That's a see, that's a quick one, right? Yeah, one easy. took a long time, dude. Yeah, right. Well, okay. One one three. just one aggravated me only because that information <laughs> is just so stu- so stupid. And I, the person asking the question isn't stupid. Those those whoever asked that no. question was told that by somebody they thought knew that they were given you know that they were given good information based on who told them right. that. But I can tell you, the people that told you that had never done this. So they had no real world experience, no history, and yet they were telling people these things. And I remember when I heard that years ago, I was like, really? No, that's not the way it works. You know, but if, if people want to do it that way, I guess, you know, be my guest. You're just wasting time and energy and really creating more headaches that you don't need to do. But, you know, and I also think kind of part of that was at the time, the company was selling rollers to do it, quote unquote, special rollers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were making the rollers like 50 bucks each or something, 75 bucks each. And they were selling tons of rollers. So it seemed like to me, it was just a push to sell products. And let me, let me just tell people listening. Well, that's why later, remember later they started instead referring to them as compaction rollers. Exactly. Anybody listening, yeah. like our five listeners. Hey guys. Hey, yeah. Hey, you know, Hey Bobby. <laughs> hey Dave. Uh, the five people listening right now, let me make something very clear. With Kodiak Pro, me and Sean will never, ever, ever sell you anything that is not needed. Literally, like we are not interested in bringing in stupid products or stupid tools just to make a buck off you. I have no interest in it. John mm. has no interest in it. 
our company yeah. philosophy has, you know, that's not who we are. We do this for a living. The only things we sell, the only things we promote, the only things we talk about when it comes to technique and curing and sealing and tools and equipment are things that we know to be true and useful for what we do. Anything beyond that is just wasted money and it's just snake oil salesmen trying to make a buck off you. Take a dollar in your pocket, put it in her pocket. That's not what me and John do. So we'll never sell you some stupid roller or anything like that because you don't need it. You're just wasting your time. I'll take it a step further. We won't even, because him and I, you know, you and I have had these conversations. We're not even interested in stocking something that means we have to put it, bring it in, add a percentage on top just to turn a buck to turn it back around. Yeah. That's, that's just not, I would rather send somebody to the source to pick these things up than deal with any of that because that's the way I look at things in my own shop. I'm just not interested in any of that. We are not interested in any of that. So I'm going to, so there's not that we have to get through all these each week. We'll keep addressing some of these because some of them kind of very similar to question one. So third question here, what tips and tricks are there to pouring large verticals to get a pinhole free? And I like this in parentheses in a pinhole free, almost finish. Okay. I'm going to stop that question right there. You guys, anybody listening, I'm going to challenge you, challenge you. Cause we just had uh, Sam Wilkins did a 32 inch vertical vanity with, I don't look like, I, I don't know, a, kind of a cylindrical kind of thing. Very, very pretty. Not a pinhole one. Dude, this I just cast, dude, I just cast these tables. So clean. 36 inch drops, 36 inch. The legs are 36 inch, not a pinner anywhere. And this was cast, just poured straight down into it. There's no special technique. Aiden was pouring it. I was cleaning the mixer. I told Aiden because Aiden used to be, a, used to do stonework. And I said, Hey, did your boss used to clean the mixer? He's like, hell no. I was like, exactly. I said, I like to do the job nobody wants to do. So I'm over there cleaning the mixer. I'm letting him pour it in the concrete. Right. But he doesn't have any special technique. He doesn't really know what he's doing. I'm just like, hey, pour it in. And he did. We popped him. You couldn't tell which side we poured from, the side that we poured down into versus the leg it rose up in. And the side that usually comes up in, it's cleaner because it didn't run down the form and trap air. Both sides look exactly the same. There's not a pinner to be found. So it's the mix. The technique is almost not even important anymore, like how you do it. Just as long as you get it in there and your form is strong enough to withhold the hydraulic pressure, you're golden. It's going to come out perfect. Absolutely. And so the only thing I could add to that wouldn't be a tip or trick related to the casting technique on the verticals. The only tip I would add to this would be to slake your materials, but that has nothing to do with air. It has to do with work time and strength. And that, that is, and cause I'm going on to the question while you were talking, said, does it have anything to do with mixed consistency? Are there any visual references? Is it because you slaked it a few times uh, where you let the mix settle and release air? No. So just so you know, slaking in this case would have nothing to do with the air. Slaking has to do with allowing the mix to, let's say, break down itself each time, which opens up your working window and it, you know, optimizes the plasticizer consistency. But that has nothing to do with air. Yeah. The the reason why Maker's Mix is so efficient and not trapping pinholes is because Maker Mix is efficient at not trapping 
pinholes. Yeah, it's, it's ultra-fine particle mix. And so the air is able to, to work its way out. Yeah, the slaking or flash set or fall set or whatever you call it, depends on what industry mm-hmm. you're in. But what that's doing is you're letting the concrete start to form bonds, starting to thicken up, and then you break that up, and it takes longer. I'm giving you the, the dumbed-down version of it for people listening. Right. But it takes longer for those bonds to reform. And so people have known that. You know, the Romans knew it yeah. for a long, long, long time. So anytime you see mason set in brick, they mix up the mortar, they let it set, they mix it again. Well, now instead of it setting off in 10 minutes, they have an hour to set the brick with that, that mortar. So same thing with us. And so that just gives us more time. But what that does, that extra time, is it gives the concrete more time to let the air escape. So when I cast this table, I didn't vibrate at all. Zero. I didn't shake the table. I didn't tap it with a hammer. I didn't tap it with anything. We just poured Mm -hmm. it in. And so we cleaned up. I cleaned the mixer. And I had Aiden washing buckets. And I was sweeping the floor. And I don't know, we'd poured it in 15, 20 minutes prior. So it had been sitting for like 20 minutes, right? I walk over and I'm just looking at it. And, and typically by then the concrete will have gelled, but we let it slake. I let it slake for a solid 10 minutes uh, and then remixed yep. it. So I'm sitting there looking at it. And as I'm looking at it, an air pocket pops on the top of the surface, meaning air had worked its way up that leg. 20 minutes later, this air pocket was able to come out. And that directly has to do with allowing it to slake because that concrete had a longer open window where had we not done that, it would have gelled pretty quick. It would have gelled five, 10 minutes after pouring it. It would have gelled up and the air couldn't have come out. So that would have been an air pocket that could have shown up on the surface depending on where it was. But because we let it do that, it allowed more time for the air naturally to just work its way up that 36 inch edge and come out the top. So, and then, so digressing, you know, the, the mix itself, we say this a lot. I mean, maker mix is designed around fine particle concrete. So, you know, with, with this kind of mix, ends up far more creamy, um, higher strengths. I mean, there's a lot of things that go along with this, but also along that thing is, you know, the potential for less air. Yeah. It just is. It's a, it's a natural balance between how the particles all, you know, set with each other, how they settle on each other, you know, why they're there. It, you know, it has to do 90 at least 95% on the mix. Yeah, I agree. That's what it is. Yeah, it's just, designed around that. Well, hold on, I would Go just ahead. say something real quick because I did some quick math while we were talking. You know, these questions are coming from the UK and so we're talking in Imperial, we're talking in inches and the people listening yeah. may not know. So 30, 36 inches is 914 millimeters. So if you're in the UK, 900, 914 millimeters is the height of the form where I poured down into it and it came out absolutely perfect. Which is nearly a meter. You're, you're just under a meter. Know. Yeah, I guess, what's a meter? A thousand millimeters? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It could be. No, it is. So you say. So you say. No, I'm I don't saying know. it, man. So you were, you were 90% <laughs> of a millimeter. I mean, 90% of a meter. Yeah, see, none of this makes you sense. You were right there. I know. Hundreds <laughs> and thousands, all that kind of stuff. But anyways, 914 yeah. millimeters is 36 inches. It came out flawless. And I would never in a million years with our previous mixed designs, whether it was Buddy Rhodes or whether it was Fishstone or whether it was Ball Consulting's Forton mix, any of those mixes, which I've, I've tried over the years, used over the years uh, in different capacities, would have come out one one hundredth the cleanliness of this mix, like how clean that surface comes out. To say it's 95% the mix, no, it's 100% the mix. The mix is everything. It's not casting technique. Yeah. It is the mix. The mix is the mix. dramatically better than anything else on the market. No, and while you were talking, I actually just pulled up uh, the photos that that Sam had sent me 
because I was trying to remember how tall his was. And, you know, just I'll read his, you know, da 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 da, you know, not a single bug hole anywhere on a 32 inch vertical in what he was casting there. So, same thing, about a, just under a meter. What else do you have, John? Question number All four. All right, let's go number to four? number four. Number four. Big four. Cuatro. Why is density important when it comes to the mix? Ooh, that's a big wide open uh, density. I guess that goes back to answering part one, part question one, question two, even into question three. You know, density and how does it go with anything we're doing? Let's start from the beginning. Well, density is what gives you your strength. The better the particles pack together, the better your strength. You know, strength meaning both compression, flexural, et cetera, et cetera. The, the better the fibers are going to orient in the mix because there's less air around the fiber. So all of that comes together with a higher density mix. Couple that into answering number two. Well, by high, having a higher density mix, sealers, or especially ICT, you're going to have a much longer life cycle out of those surfaces, sealed surfaces. If the concrete itself has a higher durability factor, hence a better density. And something that I think a lot of people don't understand is if you have a porous concrete, then it's much easier to stain that surface because you have a billion little pores in your surface created by air and, and you know water that migrated out of the surface. So if you spill red wine or oil or anything on there, it has a place to go. If you have a super dense surface, it doesn't have any place to go. And so right. inherently... Before we even talk about sealing, you have a more stain-resistant surface just based on that. And then when you add the sealer technology on top of that, you end up with a far superior product versus, you know, a, a crappier mix that's going to introduce air. And essentially, you create a sponge. It might be a little bit lighter, which, hey, that's great. I'm carrying in a slab. It's, you know, 15% lighter. That 15% is air in the material. Well, and that's in this case, if we looked at things, which I know we don't in this industry, but if if we looked, if anybody looked at Maker Mix from a general industrial point of view, the mix is actually considered water repellent because it's not that water won't darken the raw surface. It's that when you leave water on there for a prolonged period of time, the water basically has no place to go. It doesn't absorb into the concrete. It'll sit there on the surface. A very simple way of testing that is make yourself a cylinder dunk that cylinder, pull it out 48, 72, 96 hours later, whatever. You cut the cylinder open and you see how far did water ingress into the concrete. And with Maker Mix, it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no place for it to go. That's a big part of density. And continue that, same thing. The whole lack of air, the lower potential for pinholes, all of that has to do with density. And in this case, and I know we're using the word density, that sidelines into the whole particle packing. So when you get all these materials, all these raw materials that go into a mix, the cement, you guys can look it up. Cement is ground to a certain fineness or a quote unquote mean particle size. So you take that particle size, that's one. Then you have your posilins. Those also are a certain particle size. And in this case, Maker Mix has blended a, a combination of posilins. So you have 
three different particle sizes roaming around each other, and all three of those particle sizes are around the cement size. Then you get your sands and your admixtures, and all of those are done in a way that creating a, an ability for these things to pack together very, very tightly, finally coming into the pigments, which we talked about, I think, in the last podcast. And then with that, pigments. And all the pigments are being optimized in certain particle sizes so that they fit very nicely into maker mix density particle packing so they all work together. There's density. Why is density important? That's why. I hope we explained that, right? Yeah, I think you did. Okay, five. Cinco. Okay. Yeah, right? Cinco. Okay, so he's trying to say, he asked it not really as a question, but um, why would you prefer a weaker? Yeah, right? I'm trying to, let me just, I'm trying, here, I'm trying to understand what he's asking. So this isn't a question, but more so people are saying they prefer a weaker mix, such as a basic GFRC mix with 50% sand and 50% cement because the extra cement and porosity gives it better flexural strength. Uh. You know what? I don't, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's all. I mean, Hey, I'm going to put it out there. You guys, anybody who, that's a really hard without getting, I just got physical pains. I got (laughs) physical. Yeah, right. It's hard. That one like, like physically hurt me. me. That wants to go. What? That one physically like, hurt me. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't how know. Did, <laughs> that makes no. Honestly, it makes no sense to me that uh, anybody who believes that, which clearly, whoever you are, how many you are, uh, the information clearly got put out there to somehow come to a conclusion that higher porous, fifty percent cement, fifty percent sand. Somehow that combination is what leads to a better flexural strength is a complete farsity. You know who said that? No, I don't Somebody, know. Well, I'm telling you. I, I don't know the company. But it's somebody okay. selling that mix has perpetuated that myth. Somebody selling a crappy mix yeah, never thought about that. is like, hey, guys, just so you know, this crappy mix is actually better than that good mix over there. <laughs> no, it's not. I made this. Just well, so you know, hold I on, put a, hold on. It's it's, it's like uh, Billy Madison, where it was Chris Farley, where he's the bus driver. He's like, you yeah. know, you're like, no, it's not. He's like, well, but you could imagine if it was, wouldn't you? No, he's like, well, you know. So that's that's ex- pretty much what it is. It's horrible information that's from somebody funny. obviously selling a horrible mix is trying to sell you a turd and tell you that it's gold and it's not. No, that's wrong. hundred percent. No, that, that is, yeah, that is so wrong. Uh, if that was true. So I'm just going to put it, if that was true, following that philosophy. So whomever, wherever this information came from or continues to be perpetuated from, just understand that perpetuated. if that was true, yeah, perpetuated. If it was true, then we could cast pure cement on its own and have incredibly high flexural strength. And we own a, everybody knows that's not true. Yeah. It's brittle. Yeah. It chips, it's brittle. It doesn't hold together. Has no strength. So sand. Yeah. Sand or agri, I mean, 
regardless, it's all considered filler. Yeah. That's your filler. So the strength of, in this case, compression and flexural strength, it has, there's a balance between what's being used as the sand. So as an example, you know, a dolomite sand versus a silicate sand, dolomite has a higher compression strength and is heavier, by the way, than a silica sand or, you know, or a lightweight aggregate like a, uh, like a pour over, right? You, you could still use that as a filler, but your compression would go down and your flexural strength would go down no matter what combination you end up using. So I don't know. It's hard to answer that question without just saying, hey, wherever that came from, yeah, no, that's that's 1,000% wrong information. <sighs> I still, I'm like, since I've talked about like, I read that thing like four or five times now thinking like, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Like, yeah, but John, uh, but a weaker mix is better. What? Yeah. Yeah. You answered uh, your own uh, question just by saying yeah, right. it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Question number five. That was no, it. That, that was, was question number five. Huh. So that we're on to say. Yeah. Let's go to say. So that, no, no. So that's, that was it for at least the questions that got posted today. There was five questions today. So next time around, we'll, you know, we probably won't spend the, obviously the whole podcast, but we'll try to address a question as we went. The only other question here, I guess we'll call it six is, what is the shelf life of what I'm guessing he's talking about maker mix. Um, I do concrete pieces on the side. So sometimes it's a few, it's a month or two before I get the time to make pieces and half. So I'll, I mean, it, part of the, you can't change the shelf life of a cement based product. It really, so much of your shelf life is going to depend where you're at, what the humidities are, you know, and how long you're storing it. Now you can certainly store it and put a dehumidifier so that, you know, so that the cement particles are not being hydrated in some way. Mm -hmm. That's true. But this is something I'm going to put on the table. Comparatively speaking, because of who we've partnered with to do our toll blending, we are guaranteed to have fresh materials all the time. Yeah. Fresh, raw materials. So, oh, and I'll go another thing. And then Brandon and I have made a commitment, not just to people buying Maker Mix, because we're using Maker Mix. So we do not ask for large quantities of blending to be done at a time so that our partner is storing 100 pallets at a time. No. So we are only ha asking for a certain number of pallets to be blended at a time so that those pallets are continually refreshed and maintained fresh with absolutely fresh raw materials. Exactly. So there you go. A lot of the toll blenders out there, the smaller toll blenders, their materials could sit in hoppers for months and months and months before right. it gets used. And by the time they're used, they've already reacted. And so now you have materials going into a mix that are, have already reacted and don't have any benefit to the mix. But yeah, I would say the biggest factor in all that is just how you store it. And if you're right. in an area like San Francisco or someplace coastal and humid, is you might have to set up a either a, a small area in your shop that's closed off that has a dehumidifier in it or put it in a room mm -hmm. or build some kind of cover that goes around it that's airtight that you can, or, you know, I say airtight, but, you know, like a plastic shroud, like a one of those like little clean rooms they do in field hospitals in the military. But, you know, it's just like poles and plastic 
with a dehumidifier, just something to help keep the humidity level down. That's going to be the number one, you know, critical factor that's going to affect how fast your mix starts to harden. Well, or choice number two, if shelf life is a concern, so it sounds like this guy, like you said, he, he kind of does it on the side, then Radmix is a better choice. Meaning, so you can bring in your Radmix that still has, you know, some microposlins and some microcement on board, so be aware. But you have something now that'll have a, a better open shelf life and you can pick up, assuming you have this around, you can fr- pick up your however fresh your cement is at, your, you know, your local provider, but be aware that even in that, so I got to go to places like Whitecap or something and same thing. They could have a, you know, pallets of Portland cement that have been sitting around for four months. So you have to go through the pallet to try to sign a semi-fresh bag. Well, if you're using rad mix, which is, is what Martin is bringing over, then, I mean, you could easily get six bags of rad mix, which would essentially make almost 20 bags of maker mix. Once you had your cement and sand, right. six bags of rad mix yep. and put it in a large plastic storage container that you get at any store, put them in, in that storage container, throw in a dehumidifier packet that they sell for, for, you know, closets and whatnot. That's like a desiccant dehumidifier. Mm-hmm. And those things will seal shut. You know, you clamp them shut. And right there, you've made a miniature dehumidified space to store the rad mix that even in a humid shop in that container is staying relatively dry in comparison. Yeah, so that that's what my my answer would be. A shelf life, depending on where you're at. My guess would be somewhere around two two to maybe six months, depending on where you're at. Now I'm thinking like you know thirty to maybe as much as fifty percent humidity. But if you live in a really and you know you're in a humid time of the year or humid area, then I would say choice number two: focus on rad mix and then just get your fresh cement as needed. Well, that's a good good suggestion. So just to reiterate, we hit it on the beginning. Let me hit it in the end real quick. Go to Facebook, find the Kodiak Pro page, like it, then join the discussion group. Just click on groups at the top of the page, join the discussion group, send me a message with your mailing address, your postal address, and I will uh, drop a Concrete Gangster sticker in the mail to you. Uh, We have an open studio Monday, February 28th in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Come get your hands dirty. If you're not ready for the advanced training, you don't want to learn, you know, the really in-depth techniques and, and business things and all that kind of good stuff. You just want to see the mix, come to the studio open house. Uh, you can go to KodiakPro.com, go to shop, sign up for that. And if you want to sign up for the six-day Pinnacle Concrete Camp, go to ConcreteDesignSchool.com. And that's going to be February 21st through 26th in Eureka Springs, Arkansas with me, Dusty Baker, and John Schuler. And lastly, if you left a review on the Concrete Podcast, I do want to send you a sticker. So send us a message through the Kodiak Pro website with your address, and I'll get that in the mail to you. Yeah, anybody, if you haven't seen those t-shirts, man, they look pretty cool. They look really cool. They really do, yeah. I'm yeah. excited about that. That's why I said it. No. Well, you designed it. So, yeah, and they actually look they look pretty badass, man. Well, actually, I hired yeah. an artist, a uh, calligrapher, to to do that. So it's not like I did it on my computer using some fonts. So an actual, it was hand, hand calligraphy that was then digitized. And we used that for the, for that. So anyways, yeah, it looks really good. I love it. Anything else, John? No. Cool. All right. Well, until next week. I'm on it, man. Until next week. All right, buddy. You have a great, you know what? I just thought of something. Oh, so oh if shit. We got Here the, we go. Round hey, two. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> right Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> What is it called when you when uh, everybody throws those pigments up in the air? You seen those? No. 
like ce- celebrating. That that's what we. I'm just thinking that's what we need to do. Are you talking about like the, those parties, like the the color parties where they're like shooting the colors and you run through and your t-shirt gets all covered in pink and orange and all kind of stuff? Yeah, oh. that's what we're gonna do with Maker Mix, man. We're, we're gonna not. do that on the open studio time. No, we're not. I'm what we might do. What we might do is shoot some stuff with guns. That could happen. There's a very there good go. chance of that happening. Uh, we could drink a lot of beer. We could drink some whiskey. We could build a big fire. Maybe we'll throw handfuls of sawdust in the fire and make big fireballs. These are things that are <laughs> likely that to happen, cool. but having some color party? No, that's not going to happen. I can promise you. No, it's not going to be color. I'm talking about the mix. Oh, well, no. Mix is expensive. Well, we're not going to be wasting mix like that. It is, yeah. <laughs> right on, man. All right, buddy. No, other than that, yeah, well, everybody, keep going. Ask the questions. We'll address them. Um, uh, not just on the podcast, but I will also address these, answer them on the group pages for anybody to go to the group page. Awesome. All right, buddy. All right. I'll see you next week. Good talking to you. As always, I'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Bye.